0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this We Did It Health broadcast. At We Did It Health, we're working to help create a healthy, happy, vegan, plant based world. And we're doing that through building community and offering resources such as today's discussion to help you create relationships where you plant seeds of hopeful curiosity in others when they ask about a vegan or plant based lifestyle. So be sure to subscribe to our channel. And we also invite you to join our Facebook community so you can connect with others and find support and encouragement with like-minded members. So we did it. Look, look for us there and sign up for our community. So my name is Mariquita Salise, Marikita Salise, and I'm excited to welcome April Lang to today's program. And everybody that's watching, please let us know where you're watching from. And also if you're watching on replay, We're always gonna be looking for questions and comments and we're here to support you. So make sure you give StreamYard permission to use your
1: name. So welcome, April. Thank you, thank you, a pleasure to be here and to speak to everybody that's participating and uh, a big welcome to everybody.
0: Thank you, yes, and today we're gonna be talking about navigating through a non-vegan world, and this is a, this I already see challenges right there, like through a little maze. So I'm excited that we have you here to direct us and guide us with kindness and love, because I've heard so much about you, April, and about your your mindful techniques that you use a compassion. So again, thank you. And thank you for being here, Vegan Pundit from Seattle. Um, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us um all right so first april i'd love to hear about how long you've been vegan and where did how did this journey come about for you
1: right so um i was trying to think about how many years ago because it wasn't like a particular moment that i can remember but it's been definitely about 20 years i was a vegetarian i started my vegetarian journey when i was 18 i went off to college giving up first starting to give up um eating cows and pigs and then chicken and turkey and then eventually fish. But I fell off the wagon, went back to fish. And like a lot of people um, who are vegan, you know, it's not a straight trajectory. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, we all, we all have a different path. And, um, and then I stayed. And then when I went back and I said, okay, no more fish for me, I stayed vegetarian for many years. And then I went up to um, Farm Sanctuary. Um, I live in New York, so upstate, Watkins Glen. Oh my God, it was a wonderful place, and I got a really a rude awakening there about what goes on with the dairy industry and in the egg industry. And you know, inter- I mean, the tour was fabulous. I interacted with, the, with all the animals, and then I went home and I said, I am now vegan. And then, like happens again to a lot of people, I fell off the wagon, and I, st- I said, Oh, but I need my ice cream. And uh, I was like, I can't do this. I need my cheese. I love it. Uh, And I, you know, I, I rationalized it. It was okay. And then eventually, um, one day I was eating some cheese and I, I just was sick to my stomach because I remembered what I saw at Farm Sanctuary and that moment, that was it. Never, ever again, did I go back to eating, you know, dairy or, or eggs. So it was really, it was an interesting journey and um, I always love to find out about people's journeys too, because some people would see a documentary and immediately, you know, they would see Earthlings, some of my clients will say that, and then they become vegan and then other people, not so quickly.
0: Yes, And your journey is like my journey, vegetarian in 95. And then for a long time, I don't even know the dates, you know, then vegan and then i fell off the wagon again i mean because i didn't i didn't have enough support i didn't set myself up for success right and and those cravings and addictions are very strong and that's if you, you know, if you're feeling like a craving and you run to the store and you're like where's the vegan stuff right so anyway so back to vegetarian and then back to vegan now for a long time so yeah it's, it's and I've, that's one reason i think it's so important like you're saying to to really honor everyone's journey for some people, it's more challenging than others, and it doesn't mean that they're horrible people. Or they don't care about animals. It's just, what would you say about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is, it is challenging for a lot of people, and, um, you know, and I'll, and I'll find that this happens a lot for those individuals that are living in communities where they don't have access, a lot of access to good vegan food. I, I live in New York City, so. I've got you know everything here and there are people in certain areas that they do i mean they have lots of opportunities to get great stuff i remember when i did become vegan at the time there were hardly any options i mean the the ice cream was tofutti which you know made me feel it was like very gas producing i mean i've bloated all the time the cheeses taste like you know plastic but we're in a different world now so there's a lot of options but again for people that don't have that it's difficult and also if they're living in you know, with families and then I'll, you know, I'll get into a little bit about that in a minute with, you know, like romantic relationships, but even just with their families, people that don't have the money to go off on their own yet, you know, some college students or people just in the workforce, it's hard, you know, when families don't support the, you know, their family, their family members vegan journey and won't, you know, provide vegan options, or even if they do, they're still serving animals. They're still wearing animals. So it's really difficult for people um, that are still, you know, living with others or roommates, you know, that somebody, and I've had, you know, clients and in one of the support groups that I do where the people will talk about, yeah, you know, I'm vegan. I like to keep things in the fridge on my shelf that are vegan, but the other people don't care. They don't respect that. So it's hard. So we have to respect where people are at and what their circumstances are. You know, some places just, you know, it's just, people don't have the money to buy some vegan food that they like because it's you know too expensive for them
0: exactly yes i love that i love that compassion because that way we're not judging and we're we're asking like what where can we help you and we're understanding and that's what's so crucial about change is to come from a place of compassion and understanding and non-judgment so thanks for clarifying that Yeah. yeah
1: You know, we have to have we have to have non-judgment When people, you know, they have their intention is to do good. They want to make a difference for non-human animals. Well, the fact that a person wants to do that and they're on their path, that's great. And they will move along at the rate that feels OK for them. Even though if we don't feel it's quick enough, we can't we're not going to be able to push it, rush it. I mean, nobody could for you. Nobody could for me. But, you know, they'll get there. They'll get there
0: right i love that definitely because people have yelled at me they've said but we need them to go vegan now i wish i could make them have had a magic wand boom but you
1: know right never it's it's not fast enough i mean there's no you know there's no way around it you know we want all the animals that live on this planet to no longer suffer but you know it's 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 slow going even though there's wonderful changes that have happened and continue to happen it's just it's not fast enough for all of us that are you know ethical vegans
0: yes amen to that so uh, you're going to give us some great tips to help with this these um navigating this non-vegan
1: world so let's talk about relationship issues help us there so um so what i wanted to specifically look at like romantic relationships because I find, and I've had for for a lot of years, this has been an issue with clients where one person is uh, a vegan and the other person isn't. And it comes in, it happens in different ways. I mean, sometimes, um, you know, um, the two people come together and they are not, you know, one is vegan and the other isn't and that's okay. And they, you know, and the person who, they, and they accept each other and they make provisions for everything. But other times what happens, I find even more often, is that two people come together, they're not vegan. And then over the course of time, one of the partners has this awakening and says, oh, I have, I'm changing, I'm, I, I definitely have to become vegan. And then the other person is like, whoa, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for our relationship? And that can become an issue for the, well, for both of them, but the non-vegan partner oftentimes has concerns and understandably, you know, okay, so if you're, okay, partner, you're a vegan, so where are we going to eat? Well, that has to be a negotiation. You know, do you go out only to vegan places? Um, do you only go out to vegan places together as a couple, but when the par- other partner who's not vegans alone, he or she does, whatever they want. Um, What happens with friend groups? Do you go out with, do you keep your friend groups with a bunch of people that were not vegan before? What happens if they all want to go to a non-vegan restaurant? Um, You know, what happens if you're in the home and, you know, you have your leather couch that you bought together as a couple? Um, You know, or you have, um, you know, you have your partner bought you a fur coat or something. What do you do? Right. What do you, you know, how do you work with this? And, you know, there is no, there is no set answer because every couple is different and each person is going to um, each couple is going to be able to navigate things in a different way. So, you know, what happens when you have, and I've had this with a, with a client, you go into the fridge and the vegan client says, you know, I want a I I want a vegan fridge and the other partner says well that's not realistic i wasn't vegan when i met you and you're asking me to change all of that um i used to you know i like to fish now you're saying i can't go fishing anymore so there's a lot of things that have to be negotiated can they be negotiated not yes sometimes they can but it takes work and but not always sometimes the divide is just too much so what i always would suggest to people is you know if you're the person who's going vegan Just make sure that, you know, try not to spring it on your partner and say, look, this is where I am. You know, these are my, these are my values. And can we work together here, you know, to make our living situation, um, you know, comfortable for both of us. But sometimes a vegan partner says, no, I can't even live with somebody that isn't vegan anymore. You know, so it can be very difficult. So my, again, speak to your partner, and see where there's room for negotiation, right?
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's very tough. My partner's not vegan, so we don't live together. But it, and yes, and there has to be respectfulness here on both sides. And it just has to, it can't escalate. And it can't be demanding. And it, you have to talk with compassion from the heart. So yeah, and I actually talked to, I asked Ingrid Newkirk of PETA about her biggest challenge. And she said when she first went vegan, her partner wasn't vegan. And so she had to have a talk with him Just please support me. So it happens to all of us. It's uh, at some point we're going to have these relationships. We're going to have to have that talk. And, And and being prepared for that, for all outcomes, I think is so
1: important. It is, and all, and and you know, respecting the non-vegan partner too. That this person, you know, his life is now. Ch- I mean, both people's lives are changing, right? The vegan completely is seeing the world so differently, but the non-vegan is having to change how you know how he or she is going through life now. You know, is is there is their social life going to change? Are they going to feel judged by their vegan partner? And sometimes they do. So there's you know there's going to be issues there so that's why i'm saying it doesn't it's not always an easy solution easy answer but if you can start the conversation with with each person saying look this is what what i need from you are you open to meeting me halfway here and seeing what that you know where that goes that's the first step and then you know down the road it's hopefully there's negotiation especially if the you know the couple is really close and they really love each other you know they'll hopefully try to find ways and we will find ways to make it work, but there's, there is no guarantee. So I just put that out there, a little dose of reality also. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it depends on it. If, if they're both open to uh, being respectful and, and working together, right? That's what it depends on. So.
1: Very much, very much so. And then of course, there's the issue in romantic relationships. And I get this from vegan clients. Should I date somebody that's you know, not a vegan? And again, you know, it's nobody can answer that for the person. But I think, you know, there is a reality out there, unfortunately, that there's still many more people that are not vegan that are vegan. So, you know, are you open to being with somebody that that is not? And again, that goes into, you know, the conversation, like what as you as a vegan, what would you need from the other person? What would they need from you? And again, some people feel that they can't. You know it's like no it's a deal breaker if the person isn't vegan there's just nowhere to go because their value system they feel is so different and we all need to have you know we do need to be on the same page with our values we can be different in a lot of other ways our interests and you know that's fine um how we see the world to some extent but our values if they're that different that can pose a problem so, um, you know, what, what I've said to some people is, you know, really think to yourself, would you be okay going out with a non-vegan and not ju- be, could you not judge that person? Because if you start off judging, then you could be sure there's going to be resentment there. No. Yeah.
0: And also, I love what you're saying. Definitely not non-judging. So that's very important. And also the more better you know yourself and that the you know, know how what you know like your values what you're saying so knowing your value first and what really matters to you and what you can handle the the more capable will be of
1: having these healthy relationships that's very very true because there are people that i've found that they're in these relationships and they say you know what it's okay that my partner's not vegan because i do my thing and i i live the way that works for me and I live with my values but my partner is a wonderful person in a lot of ways and maybe and this happens too. the other partner might be very you know caring for the family dog you know uh, or cat or 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 bird or, or the person would never wear would never wear leather would never wear fur would never engage in any exploitive you know activities that people perpetrate against animals like you know in so many ways just so aligned with a vegan person but they're not willing to give up eating animals so you know this is where it can become a little bit a little tricky and depends on the person you know who's vegan saying is that okay can i can i deal with this this person's great in so many ways so yeah, it really, so this is a conversation. It's an ongoing conversation. It's really what I need to say about that. That's
0: tr- very, very true. And here's what Miriam, thanks for watching Miriam and um, Randy, mm-hmm. yeah, some of the vegans, some vehicles, vegans <laughs> can handle their being with a non-vegan, some are not. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, a matter of level of sensibility as we are all different on that. Yes, I love that. And, and your- another, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no, yeah, and somebody else said, had something to say. I haven't been able to make dating a non-vegan work for me. Ethically, speaking. Mm-hmm. the older I get, the less less flexible I am in this regard. So, what would you say to that,
1: April? I mean, yeah. well, sure. I mean, and this does happen. You know, we get set in our ways as we get older. And if if the, if you're saying that you know you you just feel that it can't work, that you don't want to do that, that's your choice. You know, it's for nobody to tell you like, oh, come on, just deal with it. You know, it's, you might need a really great, you know, non-vegan. Yeah, you may, but if that's not what that works, if that's not what you can be aligned with, then there's no point, right? Because you're gonna go into the relationship, again, with a certain kind of resentment or judgment, more likely than not. So, you know, honor that that's where you're at. And if that changes, it changes. And that's fine.
0: Very true, I love that, yes, I mean, you know where you stand, and keep go in alignment with that. I mean, you first
1: respect your values and yourself. So that's beautiful. Great. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I don't know. Should we maybe, if there's, if anybody, before I move on to the next, uh, well, actually, I was going to talk a little more about relationships with different kind of relationships. But does anybody else want to comment or, um, or have any questions about romantic relationships before I switch over a little bit?
0: I see JJ. Hi, JJ. Let's see. I don't see any more comments
1: coming in. Okay. So um, what I, I also want to just briefly mention, you know, the other kind of relationships. There are lots of other kind of relationships, right? So you're living in a, you're living in your, um, at home, you're living with your family and um, your family just, you um, Let's say you know you're living with um, you're living with your parents. You know you're you're out of school. You had to go back to school. You're living in a multi generational home. What do you do when again you want to um, you want to have a home which is a vegan home, but the other people are not aligned with that? Right. That can be very very difficult also. And that's where and I have a client where that's a situation and an issue came up where the family was cooking was cooking pig and she was very very upset about that so she spoke to her you know her her parents about that because she's she's it's her first job and they weren't so on board with you know being sensitive about you know concerns so that you know there was a little bit of a rift there eventually they they talked it out and hopefully there's going to be some respect so you have to have clear lines of communication um going but also you know let's say it, it, you're not even living at home. Let's say you're going home to visit your your family for a particular holiday. You know, what are your expectations? Do you expect that the family is going to provide vegan options for you? Um, don't expect, ask if that's what you want. And then what happens if they, you expected that and they don't? You know, what happens then if they, you know, make snide comments about your veganism? I mean, these things do happen. So I, I would say the, one of the first things that you have to consider is what kind of relationship do you want to have with these other people in your life, and this can extend to um, friends too, right? What kind of relationship? But let's say just looking at family members. Um, if you're in a family that does respect your your veganism and will provide you with vegan options, and when you're there, are not they're not going to serve vegan food? They're not going to talk about their, you know, hunting trip. Um, okay, can you be okay with that and focus on what's good in the relationship? because you know, assuming there's something good, can that be enough to keep you connected to the family members? You may find that you know you get too much pushback or they're not sensitive to you and that but you don't want to cut off your relationship. So then you need to say to yourself, okay, well, what would I be comfortable with? what kind of relationship? Maybe it's a more superficial relationship. Maybe it's, you know, Hey, we talk we call each other we say how how you doing we get together for holidays um but it's not it may not be as close as it had been can you be okay with that you know and then some people just say and I've, i've had this i've seen this happen you know people say i just can't be around my family members anymore they're just really hostile to my veganism and then you know sometimes the the decision is just to kind of cut ties and again, that's a personal decision. But you want, you want to be, again, you want to honor who you are and be clear about what your needs are, and then speak to your family members or your friends um, about this. And then see, are they willing to work with you? Are they willing to meet you halfway or how, where are they willing to meet you? And then you make that determination. But be mindful of expectations because those usually get people into trouble. So always better to ask the questions and also to let people know what it is that you would like to have them do or not do.
0: Yes, I love that, very direct. And this is, really goes in the lines of I mean nonviolent communication. I mean, having a really kind conversation about your feelings and your needs and then respecting their feelings and their needs and how can we come together And then seeing if it doesn't come together, then you see what you need, right? Is this going to be sustainable at this level
1: or does it need to change? And am I okay with it changing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, you know, relationships, you know, can be fluid. You know, some, uh, you know, some family members or friends might initially been like, oh, this is crazy. I can't do it. But they don't want to lose you in their life. So they're willing to, you know, they're willing to to work with you a little bit. So I always say pause before you make any big decision, like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, cut these people out of my life. Like, do you really, really want to do that? And there may be other reasons that you want to anyway. And this is just, you know, the final straw, but don't do anything rash. And that's kind of good advice for a lot of big decisions. Kind of pause.
0: <laughs> very, very good advice. I was about to say good advice and you said it, but yeah, really? yeah. yeah. I hope you're listening. So, uh, perfect and um hi angela from um angela is i thought she was in the, she's at the beach right yes i know she's at the beach so anyway um so are we are we ready for the next round
1: yeah sure absolutely um so so the next the next topic i was going to talk about um was going to be emotional triggers and i don't know any ethical vegans that don't get emotionally triggered right i mean we can get emotionally triggered by our families um, by our friends, certainly just in society. And what is an emotional trigger? Well, it can be different and it is different for each person. Sometimes, you know, the emotional trigger manifests in the, you know, in us getting you know very, very um, teary-eyed, very upset. It can be we can get very, very angry. Um, we can want to, you know, our response can be that we want to isolate, that we want to we want to lash out so these then that's all normal to have those to have those feelings. I mean, sometimes those feelings can also be caused by other things on top of you know a, a vegan issue or an animal an animal issue, but they can all come together and they can make you know, they can compound the problem. so what i what I like to say is it's important is that we have to understand that you know getting, especially as vegans, to get emotionally triggered, is so normal, such as when we we see animal abuse, when we hear about animal abuse, when we read about animal abuse. Um, and even if none of that, just the knowledge of animal abuse. I have clients that they don't have to see anything. They don't have to, have, haven't had to hear anything, but they just, that awareness of all of a sudden, oh, I was thinking about a cow at a, at a slaughterhouse, or I was just was thinking about, you know, or I saw somebody sometimes it's direct. It's like I saw somebody fishing and, and, you know, you get triggered. So, so what do you, what do you do in those moments? Well, it depends so much on the, on the level of the trigger too. I mean, if you are in the moment, if you're triggered and you feel flooded and what I mean by that is that you're so overwhelmed that your whole body goes into the state of like a, a like a free state. Um, So what you want to do is you want to be able to shift your focus to something else. And what is that? It could be anything. And the reason I say that is because it can work because our brains can only fully focus on one thing at the same time and we can multitask, don't get me wrong, but to really be absorbed in something, it can really only be one thing. So if we can shift the focus to something else for a while, and that might be, you know, you shift your focus when you're really upset and you talk to a friend about something entirely different. Um, you do get involved in an activity that you really love. Uh, maybe you get in, you do, a, you do a sport that you maybe you're running and you can't think when you're running because you're running so fast and you're just focusing on keeping going. And you, you notice that what then will happen is that your nervous system, which was like up here, can just start to settle down a little bit. So shifting focus, I find, is one of the quickest and um, and easiest things to do. But first, you have to figure out, like, what are some things that will absorb your attention, right? For some people, it'll be reading a book. For other people, that won't work because they'll they'll be reading the same page, the same words over and over 20 times and thinking. So what is it for you that will absorb your attention? So I say to everybody, start to do a little thinking about what that might be. Right. And then, you know, there are times that the um, that the issue, you know, what the trigger is, it's, it's not just in a particular moment. It's something you've been thinking about for a really a long period of time. Like if you're working in an area where you're seeing, um, you know, you're seeing abuse on a regular basis or hearing about it, even on social media. I find a lot of people, myself included, you know, I go through my feed on Facebook. And I mean, the majority of what I see is, you know, like, oh, this animal is being hurt. This animal needs a home. This, uh, you know, this is all these horrible issues. And what I'll say to my clients, and I tell myself is really manage how often you're dealing with the social media because your nervous system is getting flooded. You don't have to see in person the abuse. You don't have to hear somebody telling you about the abuse. You just can see it on social media. You can read about it in the newspaper um, and you can get really triggered. So something that it can be helpful in those situations is because a lot of times when we keep hearing something or seeing something over and over is that we want to, what can help is that we say, you know, I think, what can I do to make a difference? And, and that can be, you know, if let's say um, you see so let's say you heard about a, a particular case where, um you know, that there's a, um, a slaughter, and I had somebody I knew who was talking about this, a slaughterhouse is being put up in their neighborhood. So what do you do? Right? I mean, it's very hard. There's no easy answer there. But this particular person decided to get others in the community together and start to write letters, you know, and to try to, you know, advocate so that wouldn't happen. Right? You can go to your, um, you can write, if there's something that you read about in the newspaper that was really, that was talking about some kind of animal exploitation, then you can write a letter to the editor. You know, Um, if you see, let's say there's a, you know, somebody is, um, somebody has been, you know, not treating a dog in the neighborhood really well. Can you go up to that person and find a way, maybe you take, find a way to buy that dog or offer them, you know, some suggestions. What can you do? And is there something you can do that is going to make a difference? Because a lot of times, when we do something to, or we try to do something to rectify a situation, we feel more empowered. A lot of times, the emotional triggers come from what they, well, what they lead to is this feeling of um, impotence. You know, just, I can't, I can't make a difference. And, You know, we can all find some ways to make a difference. We're not gonna obviously be able to, like if a slaughterhouse is being set up in a community, we're not just gonna be able to go to the people putting it up and say, please don't do that. I mean, we have to be realistic, but within, you know, within certain guidelines, we can can talk, think to ourselves, what can can we do? And then, and I think that helps. I found for a lot of my clients, that will be very helpful. So um, yeah.
0: It's, and I, I found the same thing in that, that my, a lot of my activist programs like right, to to deal with the emotions and like let's let's deal with them by taking action. I mean, in a cathartic way.
1: So. It's Yeah, it's very helpful. And then, of course, you know, just when we have emotional triggers. the 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 normal self-care is really important which is to have a support system in line people that really get you and you can talk to about the issues um if you don't have friends or family to talk to or you're living in a community where there isn't a good you know a nice vegan population there are online support groups i i do one once a month through the organization farm so if you wanted to go on to that website you could see it's called the interconnected group and there are people there that live in communities where there's hardly any vegans if, if any vegans and the group is the only place for them to go to be around like-minded people who really get it so there's that there's also making sure that you know that you're taking care of your health you're eating right all the basic things um, that are important exercising and Finding ways to deal with stress when it comes up, and I'll and at the when we get into actually this will segue nicely into the the part about activism, and then I have some experiential exercises I want to offer everybody, um, which are great for helping people take, settle their nervous system, <laughs> right? So these these are just some, you know, some basic things to do, but not it's interestingly enough not everybody engages in them. A lot of people just don't take good care of themselves. They don't think about what will relax them, you know? Yeah, and it, mm-hmm.
0: you're right. And, and so this is going to be great. Um, your tips and talking about that, but I have, we do have a comment from Angela. So yes. let's, let's put this up here. I have a challenging time when I fitness walk on the bull walk at Miami Beach and I see folks fishing, mostly men. What disturbs me most is when I see the young men being taught how to fish. Yeah.
1: I know. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. I know they down where I am too. I would see people fishing and it is so it's so disturbing especially when I've seen them, you know, catch a fish. Um, so you know the reality is well, I would say like what can what can you do? I mean, you know are you you're not going to go up to that you don't want to go up to the person and start screaming at them or throw their, you know, throw their their fishing line, you know, over you know overboard even though i have to say there are times i've felt that like what can i do here um but can can you go up to the person and can you you know say something you know is, is that possible and if not then all right so what do you do with the feelings what are the feelings that are coming up for you angela right are you feeling that um are you feeling like okay you saw this it's really disturbing but you can put it you know put it in its place know what's happening, but you're gonna move on within the day. And maybe, maybe what you do is you write, you know, a letter to the, in your local paper and say, you know, having people fish in this area where a lot of people are walking is, you know, and enjoying their morning run or bike ride is very disturbing. Can we, you know, can we change the location of where the people are fishing? Can we, you know, prevent it from happening over here? You know, again, realistically, you're not going to get a community to say, OK, we're at least most likely we're going to outlaw fishing. I mean, that would be great. And I don't know about your community. And maybe you'd be in a you're in a community. that You could do that. So, you know, but think about that. What what, if anything, can you do? And if you feel there's really nothing you can do, then you just need to focus in the moment on yourself, on what will calm you down. And also the reminder that you're living a vegan life. And you're, I'm sure you're doing other things, you know, in your world that are that are helping animals. And it doesn't even mean you have to be doing a lot. But even if you're just vegan, that's a big deal. But I find a lot of vegan people are doing, you know, little bits of other things. So just remind yourself that you know you're in you're in it for the good fight. And even though you're exposed to these horrible things, you're still part of the you know part of the mission you know, part of the army of people that are, you know, really working to make life better for the non-human animals. Yeah. Right.
0: Very good advice. Yes. And, and Angela's doing a lot. And I think that, I mean that's what I have to do when I see these things. I have to focus on, I have to take a breath and say, okay. I send prayers to the animals and I say, thank you. I mean, if I see, I just say thank you for what you're doing and I, and I honor you And i have to take a deep deep breath and i remember that i'm doing the best i can it's very
1: very challenging and it hurts it hurts it's challenging and you know when clients come to me and they're looking for some you know panacea to make the pain go away you know it's i i can't give anybody that i mean how i how can we how can we when we're aware of what goes on there's nothing that's gonna Take away that reality, but what we can do is find these little pockets in our lives that we can make a difference, and that's what we can do. You know, So that kind of segues into my my next section here, which is on um, on activism, and and the so the, the topic is about you know what kind of act, activism is for you, and I will find clients will say to me. Um, Oh, so, you know, I'm going to do um, leafleting, but I hate to do leafleting, but I know I should do leafleting. Or, you know, I'm doing uh, phone banking for, uh, for you know, an organization trying to help animals, but I hate to phone bank, I don't wanna do it. So what I say is then don't do these things, but ask yourself, what would you want to do? Because there's, there's no bad activism. Right. I mean, all activism is good. Um, it's all in service of the non-human animals. But the best activism is gonna be the activism that you like to do and that you're good at. So ask yourself, what do you like? And what are your talents? And um, that will lead you into the best kind of activism. So I'll just some examples. If you're somebody that's great with photography did you ever think of maybe going into your local animal shelter and taking pictures you know, of the animals for adoption, making them look you know really adorable? If you are a wonderful writer, write letters, write editorials, letters to the editor, write essays, um, you know that's very important to do. Or are you wonderful with politics? You know, is that, or is an interest of yours? I know we've got a great organization in New York called um, VFAR, Voters for Animal Rights, and they approach um, they, they approach activism by trying to change legislation in, in New York City, New York State, on the local level. So um, that's a wonderful place that you could, something like that, or if you're in New York, that's certainly an organization to get involved with. Um, there are people that say to me, well, i wish i could be an undercover investigator at a slaughterhouse or a factory farm but i just don't i just you know i couldn't do it but i feel terrible that i can i should i say no you shouldn't there are people that can do that work not, i'm sure not most people it's very hard but that's okay that you can you don't want to feel shame that you can't do that kind of activism so you know what can, are you somebody that loves being around people Go to protests, do the leaf living, set up do a tabling event, right? Run a campaign for, for an animal rights organization or start your own. But if you're not going to honor yourself and about and be really truthful about what your what your proclivity is and what your and also your energy level and your tolerance, some people work well with others. Some people are better off doing activism on their own. So I just ask everyone to do give yourself a, a little time if you're not happy with the activism that you're doing or you want to do more and you don't know where to go. What, do you, what activism sounds intriguing to you? What's your personality like? Are you more loner? Are you more working with other people? Um, and what, you know, again, what are, what, yeah, talents, energy, interests, um, is really the best way to go to find that? On your your activism,
0: right? That, <clears throat> some soul searching, right?
1: Well, yeah, it really is. I'm curious. Anybody here? Because um, I can't see your faces. Anybody here ever been in a situation where there are, or are you in a situation where you're doing activism and you're you don't feel it's the right activism for you, and you've been trying to figure out you know what what would be better.
0: That's a good question. Yeah, let us know. And we got a comment here. Uh, oh,
1: donate. Vegan pundit, donating to the vegan lobbyist organization. Uh huh. Ah, absolutely. Donate. Yeah. I mean, fundraising, you know, being a fundraiser is another thing. And also making donations. If you've got the funds to do that, it's wonderful. I'm a member. Mira you member, that's yeah, there's. I mean, I try to do that also. Find organizations that you that are really doing wonderful work for animals. Sometimes it's grassroots, small organizations that don't get the big funding, right? Oh. Um, and they really the mom and pop organizations, which could really benefit from the money. Um, and even some of the wonderful, like I donate to Animals Asia, they, they work, they do a lot of, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they do. Wonderful work, um, specifically for the bile bears. Oh, yeah, and um, I would you know urge everyone just to check them out. And they work also, you know, zoos, companion animals, other animals too, but they're very much about the the bile bears because a lot of people don't know about them. Um, bears that are used that are locked up in cages for their life for their bile, for traditional Chinese medicine. So finding an organization um, that speaks to you, you might have a particular interest mm-hmm. in a particular kind of advocacy, a particular kind of, um, yeah, particular kinds of animals that you wanna specifically help, check into that.
0: Right, yeah, and there's so many different ways there's to so
1: help. Many. So many different ways. Yeah, there is. So we have, So we have a little bit of time and and this is where i would like to do some experiential exercises with you all um and i wish i could see you so i could know how it's going but you're just going to have to tell me after okay so these these exercises i love to give to clients because they um we were talking before about emotional triggers so this is just a great way again to get your nervous system from high activation in, in sympathetic level of the nervous system, you bring it down into the parasympathetic. So you can go So I'm gonna give you a couple of different ones to try and do them here. Granted, you know, you're on a screen, it's not gonna be probably as beneficial to you as when you go home and you can practice it on your own. And especially, you know, practice it uh, utilize it when you are triggered. I would what I would suggest is do these practices a little bit when you're not in a very triggered state so that you get used to how to do it and then when you are more triggered, it won't you won't have to be scrambling for what did she say? I forgot. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Good. So, I'm going to ask everybody to just sit in a comfortable chair and cross your arms and cross your legs, okay? And I'm gonna also ask you if you're comfortable to close your eyes, okay? And you're going to put one hand, I don't care which one it is, over your heart and one over your upper belly. And you're going to, when I say go, you're going to breathe in through your nose and you're gonna breathe out through your mouth, but out through your mouth very, very slowly, very slowly. And I'm just going to walk you through a couple of moments of this exercise. So remember, just all you're going to be doing is breathing in through your nose and slowly out through your lips. So I'm going to ask you now to start to take a nice inhale from your belly through your nose. And then just let it out slowly through your lips. Just keep doing that in and then out. And just notice the rise and the fall of your hands as you breathe in and out. Just allow yourself to notice the warmth of your hands as they're on your chest and on your belly. Allow yourself to enjoy that warmth as you breathe in and as you breathe out. continuing to notice the rise and fall of your chest and your belly. And isn't it nice to know that your body knows exactly what to do. Your body knows how to keep the breath going Breathing in and out. And all you have to do is just pay attention to the rise and fall of the chest, the warmth of your hands. That's all you have to do and enjoy the sensations that come from letting your body just breathe naturally and giving yourself time, time to do this exercise. Feeling the calm that's moving throughout your body. Just letting it be Just noticing. Now, whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes slowly and come back to me. So, and I'm gonna gonna ask you about these after, but let's just do a couple of them. Just take a moment before we do the other one to just check in with your body. Notice how it feels now. From when we started the exercise okay okay and the next exercise i'm gonna give is called and some of you might have done this before um but i love it it's called 478 breathing and one of the reasons i love it is because you have to focus on the counts and for people who tend to get very obsessive with their thinking or they again they're triggered in some way, something that they saw and they can't get the thought out of their mind. This is just a great way to shift the focus. So I'm gonna guide you, everybody through this one too. And let me explain how it's gonna work. You're going to breathe in through your nose on the count of four. You're going to hold the breath for a count of seven. And then slowly through your lips, like you're blowing out, like you have a balloon and you're very, very gradually letting out the air. slowly let it out, the air out on a count of eight. And then you're gonna start again. So again, keep your, make sure you have no parts of your body crossed, okay? Continue to sit comfortably in your chair or wherever you're sitting. And um, I'm going to, before you close your eyes, okay, I'm going to, have you do it watching me? Okay. So I'm going to breathe in through a count of four through the nose. Hold it. Count of seven. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Slowly out through your lips. Count of eight. Like slow. How slow can you go? And then when its breath is out, just right now, just take a regular breath. And now we're going to do it. I'm going to have, I'm going to guide you through it. You're going to close your eyes. And I will count you for the first couple. So through your nose, you're going to take a nice deep breath in, count to four, count it, one, two, three, four. Hold it, count to seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Slowly out, count of eight through your lips. Slow, slow as you ever, ever exhale. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Now you are going to take another breath in. Count of four through the nose. One, two, three, four. Hold it, count of seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one. One, slowly out your lips, count of eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, beautiful. Now I'm gonna have you do it on your own with my not counting, okay? Four, seven, eight, everybody go. Two times. Then when you're done, you just open your eyes again. Okay, and I'm going to give you one last exercise to take with you, and this is called four square breathing, and I love this one too because you have to, you have to focus, and you're going to focus a little bit differently. You're going to be counting, but you're also going to be making a square as you count. So you're going to breathe in on a count of four, and you're going to make go up with the square. And then you're gonna count four and you're gonna go across as you make the square. You're gonna go down the other side, counting four, and then to the bottom, count of four. And we're gonna do that three times, okay? So again, close your eyes and let's go. You're gonna start, count of four, breathe in. And then you're gonna breathe out and go across four and then you're gonna breathe in, going down, four, three, two, one. And then the bottom part, counting four. And again, up the other side, you're breathing in, count the four, see the square forming, go across, counting the four, As you breathe in and out, down the side, and finally finish the square. And now I'm gonna have you all do that yourself two times without my talking. You each for each move up, you're gonna go up. For each line, you're going in, breathing in, and then breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. No, whenever you're done, you can just open your eyes. Okay, so take a moment now. We've done three exercises. Check in with your body and just notice how it feels. How does it feel different if it does from when we started or from when we did one exercise over the other? And also check in with yourself and see which one you liked more than the other. Maybe you liked all of them. Maybe you liked one or two, maybe you hated all of them. Maybe none of them worked for you, right? This is, you know, it's it's a journey here to find different kinds of exercises that people can use to relax themselves. So if it didn't work for you, if none of them work, that's fine. If one or two didn't and one did, that's fine. So anybody wanna, anybody wanna comment? Well, let's see. Here's a comment from Miriam. I did the square one. That was simple for me. Thanks. Okay. And and Miriam, can you can you say what you how it was different for you from before you started the exercise and after? What did you notice in your body, and what did you like about it?
0: Well, I know. I'll say what I did. I felt like I'm ready to go to sleep now.
1: <laughs> I saw you yawning.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Here's a comment from Miriam. I think that was creative, telling us to draw a box. Laughing well, out, well, yeah, it, it makes your mind shift. It's like, yeah, well, I don't have time to think about this because I've got to concentrate on drawing.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which is why I love that one. And for some people that are um, that are visual. I love the, to do the square for others that are, but, but still the counting piece of it, which is good. So both of them are very absorbing of the mind. So when I said before, you know, find something that you can shift your focus to this, you know, a breathing exercise like this and the four, seven, eight does both. It shifts your focus, right? Cause you have to count, you got, or you have to look at this, imagine the squares, but you're also breathing. And the breath is such a wonderful, Our breath, all our breath, is such a wonderful resource, right? And it's such an easy thing, breathing in and out. Now, mind you, if somebody you know really has breathing issues um, or heart condition, before you do any of these exercises, you know, um, and I would hope because I don't see people here, but I would hope people would know that something would be contraindicated for them. But if you would, or if you're encouraging other people to do this do ask them, make sure that you know, they're okay. Um, and, and I will also just say this, that so I was doing it at a pace that worked for me cause I, you're all different. I don't see you. I don't know what's gonna work for you. So holding, so my holding of a count of seven might have been too long for some of you or not long enough for others. The same thing with the inhale and with the exhale, counting the way I counted out eight for some people They might have found, oh my God, I can't count my breath. Catch my breath. That's okay. You find, you'll find your rhythm. What's going to work for you, because we all have different capacities.
0: Exactly. Yes, and Mary, I'm saying that. Yeah, she's got to be careful because she has some issues with her lungs. So, yes, and so definitely, we all, well, we're all different, and so to be aware, you know, and really listen to our bodies because our bodies will tell
1: us. Like you're saying, they do. They always tell us if we just will stop and go inside for a moment, and what's what's happening. You know, but too often we're so caught up in our lives and other things that we don't do that. You know, focusing inside and what's happening in our body for many is like the last thing to think about. So like, ah. <laughs> can't be bothered with that, right? But- <laughs> You know if we don't do it who's going to do it for us right no one else can know what's going on inside of us except us
0: right we've got to take care of ourselves exactly
1: so yeah yeah definitely. so let's
0: see well those were amazing techniques it looks like we're coming to the end of our hour mm-hmm. and um, i mean th- these are great things for all of us to use and thank you so much april for those techniques and sure. um anything any final comments you have um and also tell us where you can get where we can
1: get a hold of you. Yeah. I mean, I guess with the final comments, is just, you know, again, every, it's so important that we, you know, we communicate with each other. Be clear about what's important to us and then find the best way possible to speak to other people about what you need. Um, that goes back to, you know, the relationships. Um, and again, honor yourself about what you, when you get triggered, when something bothers you, just don't let it go, notice it and find ways to, to work with it to calm yourself down. Super important. Um, find me on my, uh, I have a website, it's aprilang.com And I have a, a page, if you go to the vegan tab there, that says, um, there will have a lot of uh, articles I wrote, um, I wrote a book so you could find that's on Amazon. You could find that called um, Animal Persuasion. There's podcasts that I was on. There's lots of, lots of references and I'm not, not just that I'm on, but that you'll be able to have information that you can gather from some of those different um, venues.
0: Right. Yes, definitely look look into that and please hit subscribe y'all. And also April, where is the, um, what is the Zoom meeting you're saying to support?
1: Oh, yes, it is. So it's um, if you go to the website farm, Farm Animal Reform Movement, all caps, and then um, there's the, I believe it's under, um, it's under what they, it's what they're, they uh, the events that they put on, it's called interconnected. What I could do is um, I could get, I could send a link Right. if you want to send that on to the other people, but otherwise just look at FARM interconnected monthly support group. It's the first, uh, first Monday of the month. So we have one coming up. Um, I'm sorry, uh, not Monday, The first Tuesday of every month. So this Tuesday there will be one and it's at um, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I would love it if whoever is here would like to join in. There's no obligation, it's free. You know, you can come, we do, the only thing I ask is that everybody puts their camera on and their um, and their audio because it is participatory, but it's a great place to come. And especially if you don't have any other um, resources in your life and you need to have somebody, people around you that understand you, it's a great place for that. And even if you do have great resources, it's a wonderful place to just talk about some issues that might be on your mind.
0: Definitely. We all need to have support because we can, it's very easy to feel alone and we, and we can't take action for ourselves. I mean, to thrive emotionally, we've got to have others. So please we do. check it we out. Do. Yeah, we have to have others. Yeah. And let's. I've got some comment. Another a comment from Claudia. She's saying, I do a similar meditation in the morning. Remembering all the seven colors of the rainbow.
1: Inhaling, thank you. Exhaling saying I love that. That's wonderful. Seven colors of the rainbow. That's beautiful. Thank you, Cassandra, for sharing that. I'd never heard of that one. That is beautiful. And then she says,
0: then stretch the arms three times, the legs apart, the victory of the men of Leonardo da Vinci. Ah that's beautiful. I love it. and then that's the, the power. You know, here we are. Into power. Beautiful. Just miracles
1: for the whole day. We need that. And,
0: and miracles are out there. We yes, just gotta open our eyes to them. They are. Thank you. Yes, and you're a miracle. So thank you, um, April and everyone who joined us. This yep. has been wonderful. Please visit these beautiful exercises and always love yourself first and take care of your needs. Like April's saying, be Absolutely. aware of what your body's telling you
1: what your body's telling you and what and what's important you honor that. I go back to that word honor really important to do that.
0: Exactly. And oh let me mention this is our our relationship month that we did at dot health. We've got Dr. Peg Host coming next next week mental fitness for vegans. So that's going to be a great one. We all need that. And, I'll, and the, the, the week after that, I'm going to be doing the connection between your inner voice and your vegan activism or what you want to create in the world so we got to make sure that inner voices and our inner thoughts are in in alignment with that and after that the next week we've got kate Kunkel. she's going to be talking about the relationship between brain and gut so it's going to be a fun month and i'm really honored to have april here starting it off with a bang and everyone watching. And Miriam Singh, thank you, April Lang. And thank you, Marikita, for having uh, It was a pleasure. Thank you, thank you Miriam, I appreciate it. Yes, yes, and um, <laughs> thank you. I'm honored to get compliments from so lovely friends as you are. Well, you all are so beautiful, yes, and
1: thank you all. Thank you, you for all. today on a Saturday to participate, you know, in this webinar. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's been beautiful. Thanks, Angela, and everyone else that's been watching. Um, JJ and Vegan Pundit. Pundit. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. And everybody, um, namaste vegan. Namaste vegan, April.
1: <laughs> day. Have a great rest of the weekend. Bye. Bye. Bye.